Hey, welcome to the Word Weaver podcast, a place dedicated to the powerful web words weave and the deep layers they uncover. Here you'll find a compilation of tips, tricks, and words of wisdom from writers, authors, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Basically, cool people doing cool things in the world and how they've used words as weapons of mass creation and inspiration. You'll also hear from me, your host, Louise Johnson. I'm a former marketing maven in New York and Switzerland. I left a lucrative job to follow my dream of becoming a writer. It's a never-ending journey, so I figured we should all be in it together. I've learned a lot along the way, but it's a constant evolution. My favorite part is how little by little, letters turn into words, words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs, and before you know it, you've created something from nothing. And whenever that happens in life, it's nothing short of magic. So grab a coffee or a glass of wine, and let's dive into today's chapter. Welcome back to the Word Weaver podcast. On today's episode, I'm doing How to Plot a Thriller Part 1, and I'll have Part 2 later this week or next week. I'm not sure when it'll be released exactly, but I'm excited to announce officially that my second book is a murder mystery thriller suspense fiction novel. It has been the most fun process to write but also a new writing muscle for me. Books can follow kind of the similar arc, like you have to have an inciting incident, part one, part two, part three, you're kind of gearing up to a climax, and then there's a resolution. But as I've discovered, it's been a really, really cool process for writing thrillers, murder mysteries in particular. They're very, very formulaic. Readers expect certain twists and suspense and conflict throughout the book that is leading up to one big, holy shit, what the hell, I can't believe that happened, how did she fool me kind of moment. So in terms of plotting and outlining a murder mystery, thriller, suspense book, there are certain things and different ways you can approach it that I think will be super helpful if this is a genre that you are also tackling or hope to write someday in the future. I also want to stress the importance that even if you are not a plotter, if you're more of a pantser, aka you like to write by the seat of your pants, you don't like to have a strict outline when you start writing, I still encourage you to kind of jot this kind of stuff down as a big picture overview. You don't have to have a really strict outline when you sit down, but you should at least, even if you're a pantser and you want to let the story go where it does, that's really fun in this kind of book and let the characters do their own thing you have to kind of I mean at least you should deliver on these certain points that I'm going to talk about today uh, and just have that written down and make sure it's more of a checklist that you're delivering on what the reader expects the twists the red herrings the foreshadowing all of that good stuff more so than any other kind of book, thrillers, murder mysteries need to be fast-paced, high-octane, super exciting for the reader. You want this to be the ultimate page-turner. So the big plot twists, from a big-picture perspective, you should at least have three huge plot twists that fall at the 30% mark of the book, 50%, your midway point, and then 70% of the book. Each plot twist should be more like gasping than the last, but they all need to be interconnected 
And you can, of course, and you should have more little subplots and little twists throughout, but those are your three big plot twists that you are leading the reader to until you come to some sort of resolution or even a cliffhanger ending. As formulaic as thriller writing is, it's also very challenging and it sounds almost easier than it is sometimes, but to weave in multiple characters, multiple subplots, which you need, other you can't just have a character going from A to B to C and then, oh, they discover it. You have to weave in a lot of suspense and intricacies to make it complex and for the narrative to have depth. That to me is the fun process, but it's also very hard to do it in a delicate way. I found throughout the writing process of this thriller, I was always kind of doing a delicate dance and I've found so far, right now I'm editing my first draft, editing is super important and that is where I can come back and really beef up that foreshadowing, those hints, that suspense points throughout as I am leading the reader and my protagonist towards the big, huge plot twist at the 30% mark, the 50% midway, and the 70% near the ending of the book. I'll likely be doing a lot more episodes in the upcoming or near future on thrillers, murder mysteries, suspense novels, just because this is what I'm personally researching, invested, invested in, and working on right now. But I hope that even if this is not the genre that you're writing, you can still take some of the points that I'm talking about and weave it into your book or your work in progress. There's so much information that I want to tell you. I'm going to do my best to try to break up these episodes. Like today is part one, how to plot a thriller backwards. I'll go into part two in the next episode to give you a bit of a breather and digest kind of what I'm telling you. In today's episode... I'm going to start a little bit more high level of what I do when I'm first sitting down trying to plan this behemoth of a novel, all of the characters. Where do I start? And I start from the end and I work my way backwards. For my first nonfiction project, I wrote chronologically. That was just the way the narrative presented itself and felt most natural for me. For thrillers, I highly encourage you to start and work backwards and that way you never get stuck even when you're outlining or if you're pantsing writing throughout you know where you're going and what you have to hit as you're writing in the next episode part two i will take you through 27 specific beats that i write basically different sections so that's how i break up the book so it's not completely overwhelming but i go through 27 different beats that I have to hit and that the readers are expecting in this type of murder mystery. But for today, we're going to start off with how to plot a thriller backwards. Now, the first step is you should start with the motive. Sit down and figure out what is the most bonkers, crazy, insane reason why someone would kill someone. Now, I'm going to be talking about killing and death and like a murder as the big kind of climactic point here but you also don't have to do that it can be another big crazy plot twist event i'm just using that as an easy example so basically start with the motive the why why would somebody 
kill someone else? Why did this murder happen? Brainstorm a list of motives and go with your gut instinct of which one feels the most crazy, bonkers, out of this world reason. Now, step number two, after you have your motive, the why behind why your main character, your villain, whoever it is, would kill someone or a victim, step number two is coming up with your big twist. So it's similar to the motive, but the big twist, this is what hits at the 70% mark, the big holy shit moment for the reader right near the end of the book, the reason why someone is going to die and how that person is going to die. So you've got your motive, you've got your twist, you've got the how and the why. You have to now decide step number three is the who. Pick out who is going to be your murderer, your villain, who is going to be your victim, and then also pick out who is going to be your investigative character. This is usually most often your main character your protagonist they are the investigator and that doesn't doesn't necessarily mean they are a cop or a policeman or a private investigator it could be a normal girl who's investigating the murder of her best friend that's your main character your investigative character all rolled into one her best friend that would be the victim she dies at the end now you know all of this but you're reader doesn't know it yet. You're just fleshing it out, working backwards. And then you have to pick out who the killer is. The reason why it's crucial, and I really encourage you to start at the end and plotting your thriller backwards, is because a lackluster twist, a poorly thought out motive, the who, the how, and the why, that doesn't make sense at the end of a really great thriller or a really great murder mystery, can just ruin the book completely like have you ever seen a movie where you're just like oh my god that is the worst ending but everything leading up to it had you on the edge of your seat it's crucial that you structure and have a solid endpoint, and then work your way backwards and structure everything else around that the heart of a good thriller and a good murder mystery is the motive and the why and then you can go into the big plot twist the who the how all of that The next step is I want you to come up with alternate reasons why someone would die. Make a list of other red herrings or reasons why that person, if it's the girl's best friend, why they could die or how they could die. Keep that list. You're going to use these throughout the book. They have to be plausible as well, but maybe not as crazy or bonkers or insane as the actual reason that you use at your 70% plot twist point, but you're going to use this reasons and why they could die as misdirects, as red herrings peppered throughout the book for your reader, juicy ways to throw them off the scent so it's not as obvious that this is how they died. So that's your next step is creating a list of alternate reasons that are plausible, tangible, could actually happen of why or how they could die. The next step for this final 70% big plot twist, crazy scene is thinking of the setting. Write down where is this scene taking place. It should be somewhere isolated where you have the main character and the murderer or the villain alone together for some reason at this isolated place. There has to be a sense of danger of 
strong, imminent danger for that main character in this final 70% plot twist place. Next up, you're going to list out your cast of characters, and murder mysteries in particular have a very specific set of archetypes, typecast characters, I would say. You always want to have some sort of cop, authority, law enforcement figure. They can be an investigator, a security guard, a bounty hunter, a school principal, some person in authority who will throw in obstacles throughout the way but feels like they are investigating it. Often this could also be a journalist or a lawyer. Then you're definitely going to have to have a victim. Like I said before, you're going to have to have a main character protagonist, and this is often, most always, the investigative character, the person who sets off on a quest to uncover a murder that happened in the past or that recently just happened or will happen in your book. Then you're also going to want to have a sidekick character. This is the partner in crime, could be a best friend, could be a family member, a well-meaning neighbor, whoever it is, they're going to be your protagonist, your main character's sidekick character, and they're going to seem like a helper. They want to help them on the quest. So if using Harry Potter as a good example, you have Harry as your main character. He's the investigator trying to figure out the or find the Philosopher's Stone, and his sidekick characters are Hermione and Ron. Often in really great suspense or murder mystery books, there's also some sort of love interest, romantic entanglement. So this could be an affair, a cheating spouse, there's a mistress, a new boyfriend. This character could also be the helper or the sidekick. It could also be a cop. It could also be the victim. However you want to weave it in, but there's usually a merry band of fully flushed out characters that are helping and hindering your protagonist on their quest to uncover this murder mystery. And of course, you also need a killer. This should be one of the characters that the reader least expects, also that the protagonist least expects. There should be some sort of shock factor and it's very crucial that your killer also has a good motive, like I said at the beginning, and a plot twist that makes sense why they are the killer. So that's where kind of the fine line and the fine dance comes in of they have to be unsuspecting, but not so unsuspecting that the reader's like, what? That came out of left field. That is not believable that they are the killer. I do encourage you, this is something that I do when I'm plotting it out, if you're a plotter, I have my surface plot of what's happening in the book, and then I also have my antagonist, my killer's plot, and I line them up so I always know in every scene and every chapter where my killer is and what they're doing. Even if the main character might not know where they are, I need to know as the writer so that I'm dropping good hints, good foreshadowing, suspense, conflict, enough that it makes sense when the big unveil happens of who it is that the reader's not completely shocked, but also shocked at the same time. <laughs> when you're writing out your victim, your victim also needs or should have secrets that are unexpected. The victim should seem like one person on the surface at least to the investigative character, the main character, and then they end up as something different at the end. This makes for a complex 
plot, a complex character, and gives that victim more death. So the reader also feels bad for them, but then also doesn't, or the reverse. They are not a big fan of the victim, they think they're a bad person, but then by the end have more sympathy and empathy for them. After I've kind of listed out the characters, even if I don't have their names yet, of who I want to include in this story, I like to write out a list of multiple killer options. This is helpful to make my red herrings, my misdirections for the reader, a lot more believable. If it's too obvious who the killer is, that's not a great book. I haven't done my job as a writer. So if I write out a list of alternate killer options who also have motives to harm the victim, that's going to make my book really juicy and a real page turner. When you're flushing out your main character, your investigative character that goes off on this journey and quest, it has to also be believable their motive for seeking justice for the victim. It can be, like I said, they it's their best friend or a family member. They have to be really strongly tied to the victim so that the reader believes they would actually stop at nothing to uncover who the killer is. Sometimes, too, the main character has a motive themselves to hurt the victim, and this can become an unreliable narrator situation where maybe they are also are a suspect at a certain point. And that's up to you to play with those nuances, but whether they're tied to the victim because they want justice for them or they're tied to the victim because they want to harm them, you have to make that clear and the motives really evident to the reader from the get-go so that they follow you along this quest and this journey. It's very common in thriller books for the main character to have sort of a contentious or adversarial relationship between the law enforcement character the cop or whoever it is that throws a wrench in the main character's own investigations. There's, it's a common beat, which I'll get to in part two of this, to have a brush with cops scene or a brush with authority. Now that you have your motives, your big 70% plot twist, your kind of cast of characters, the next step is building your setting. You want to build this world. Again, it doesn't have to be rigidly outlined, but a lot of pre-planned elements for the setting and the scenes, especially that final scene that I talked about earlier where your big reveal and big plot twist happens, get really detail-oriented of what does that look like, how can you isolate those characters, but then also start adding structure and moving backwards. Is there a change of location midway through the book for your main character? Do they start off in a small town and then go to a big city where they uncover the murderer? Think about these things and the world because that can really help dictate your character's motives. Characters in a small town, for instance, usually follow a certain set of social or cultural guidelines that can help you figure out why they might kill someone or why they might want to harm a certain character looking at all of the social dynamics that happen in the settings in your book can really help flush out your character's backstory as well and make them more believable. As I worked my way backwards plotting my thriller, setting became really important in the first act of how I set up the scene and gave the reader that aura, that feeling of the mystery as it starts to unfold. 
I think that's a really good place to start when you're first plotting your thriller or your murder mystery. In next week's episodes, I'll go into more detail of the specific beats that you should be hitting throughout the book. But start to think about now after your big 70% plot twist, something that happens at 50% mark of your book midway through that is just as big of a plot twist, but not quite as big as your 70% that sets the reader off kind of towards that climactic point. And then work backwards to your 30% mark of the book, another big plot twist. Usually this is also, it can also be, it doesn't have to be, the inciting incident. So this is where the murder victim is discovered, perhaps, and that is what sets your main character off on their decision to investigate. So that, again, is at the 30% mark. Or it's how you could start your book. There's a lot of ways to play around with that, but usually discovering a body is where your character makes a decision to investigate, or they uncover a secret that leads them to investigate a murder that happened in the past or a murder that is going to happen. So maybe they discover a note and there's a ticking clock or timeline attached to the note that someone will die in a month if X, Y, and Z doesn't happen. So again, just to also be clear, your murder can happen in the present moment. Your murder could have happened in the past and your character is uncovering the secrets, or your character, your murder could happen in the future and your main investigative character is working to stop it before it happens. So those are three things to also think about as you're working backwards and plotting your murder mystery suspense psychological thriller. That's it for today's episode of the Word Weaver podcast. If you like what you heard today, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, screenshot and share it on social media, and be sure to check out the show notes at louiseclairjohnson.com slash podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Word Weaver podcast. Until next time. You call it substance over style.